going to be the most effective way for me to show that I'm not fucking pleased right now and I will ignore you and that's like my form of punishing you for whatever. Welcome to the Wild Hearted Podcast. The Wild Hearted is a safe and inclusive space of guidance and resources for mental health, sex positivity, self-love, authenticity and confidence. Follow us on this podcast as we learn from sharing our own experiences through wildly honest conversations. I'm Shanine, a psychology student, creative, and woman seeking out her authentic self in life and in relationships. I'm Katarina, a self-love tantrika and dharma coach with a passion for traveling. My purpose is to be a source of support and guidance for anyone who strives to build an intimate, kind and loving relationship with themselves. My training includes tantra, life coaching, yoga, reiki, and I'm currently obtaining my master's in psychology. Hello and welcome back to the Wild Hearted Podcast with Shinin and myself, Katarina. I feel like that was the most professional intro we've done in 22 episodes. Definitely. That I was, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Look Thank at us you. finally being professional a year later. I don't know where this came from. I just started and then I, I rolled with it, you know. Yeah. Anyways, hello to everyone who's listening and hello to you, my darling. Hello, hello all of you wild-hearted out there. Welcome back to the second episode of 2023. What are we talking about? We are going to talk about conflict and how to approach conflict. And the reason why we're doing this is during our December break, we may be on a break, but my brain and my desire to understand human nature and human relationships and romantic relationships and any kind of relationships better wasn't on a break. I did a few Instagram story polls on my mm -hmm. private account. And one of them was which behavioral trait is most triggering for you in a confronting conversation. And three answers I gave to vote on was one, being screamed at, two, being spoken to in a condescending tone, and three, being ignored. And going into it, to be honest, I was very, very certain that it would be being screamed at that would be voted on the most, just mm -hmm. because that's my most triggering attribute, right? However, turns out with a whooping, 57% being ignored seems to be the most triggering for most people. I thought that was highly interesting for so many reasons. One of them being like, I just went into this poll assuming I know the outcome already, judging from myself and what mm. is triggering for me. And also being ignored seems to be a big thing. We did an episode before on ghosting and how damaging that can be. And I wonder if this ties in with it, the being ignored and the ghosting. And that we often in relationships, maybe with our family, with our friends or with our partners, seem to not feel heard or seen or completely understood. And yeah, I want to jump a little bit more into that. I think that is a very interesting topic to discuss. And I'm surprised that 
you would have thought being screamed at is the one. Because when I saw your poll, I was like, definitely being ignored is going to be, for me personally, if you ignore me, I would rather you scream at me because at least I know that you're affected by what I've said or like, you know, you're having some kind of a reaction. But to be ignored, like you said, the outcome in my mind is like, I'm not being seen and I'm not being heard and I'm being treated as if I'm invisible. I don't think there's anything worse or there's nothing that gets a reaction more out of me than being ignored. Being screamed at is definitely scary though. Like, I don't like it. (laughs) I find being screamed at very, very triggering. I notice that often the louder you speak, the less of a point you actually have, but you think like, you know, your point becomes more valid by like screaming. And for me, why being screamed is for me the worst? Because it brings out a side of me I don't like either. Because Mm -hmm. when someone screams at me, usually I will shut down completely and stop talking and move away. So I will be actually the one to ignore you then. In the, like when I feel really, really triggered and you get me on a day where I have very little self-control, I will scream back and I will like, it's becoming very, I can become quite wild. I will scream back and I will spit out things and words and accusations and adjectives I will regret later. So it brings out Mm. a side of me I don't like. And sometimes like, I feel like I have no control, but being screamed at is just like that triggering for me. And I think that's why I find it the most disturbing for me. Cannot stand being ignored, but that one will trigger me less to do something I'm not proud of later. Like that will, like mm. I think being ignored will activate very much my anxious attachment style. You know, I'll be like, the more the person ignores me, the more I'll try to hang on. Yeah. But at least I'm not saying things and becoming someone I really don't like. So when somebody's screaming at you. Is it hurtful things that are being screamed at you or is it any kind of screaming? Like if I had to, if me and you had a fight and I was screaming at you and saying, you never fucking listen to me. And like, I'm trying to get through to you and you're just ignoring me. Like what the fuck cat? Or if I was like, you know, you're such a piece of shit and you're such a bitch and I absolutely hate you. And I never want to speak to you again. Like, What are the, is it the fact that I'm screaming in general? It is the fact that you're screaming in general. It is the fact that your voice simply sounds more aggressive, you know? Okay. So even if I'm like trying, I think I'm defending myself and I'm like, no, that's not what happened. You don't understand. Let me explain, but I'm saying it to you aggressively. Exactly. That's immediate, like, no, no. I'm getting immediately into like protective mode of myself. And Mm. that can look by either retreating completely or by going like, you know, like I'm in full on defense by attacking that, attacking the attacker by attacking. If I get screamed at, my immediate reaction is to lose respect for the person that now is screaming at me. Like I see that more as, so A, I'm not triggered by screaming. It does upset me because I, you know, I'm a sensitive person. And if you scream at me, I'm going to feel like a little bit of fear in that, in that situation. But Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this is the worst response that I can have immediately for me. I'm like, there's something wrong with this guy or this girl. Like, why are they screaming? What is wrong with them? that They can't control their emotions. 
So it's quite interesting that it's very, it, we seem to have the opposite reaction to it. Because for me, it's almost like the easiest thing that you can do to me. The answer's already been made for me. Like, I don't have to think about this now. I'm out. I'm already walking away. The conversation is over. Maybe that's also a different kind mm. of, a different kind of trigger or trigger response. I feel like all of our responses to either of them would be kind of trigger responses, you know, because each in itself is triggering one way or another. It's just, it's like similar to our love language. So some of them are just more effective than like effective mm. in a negative way here now. Some of them are more damaging and more counterproductive to the conversation for each and everyone than others. The kind of person whose first response in an argument is to start screaming at me, I struggle to understand where that comes from. But at the same time, my first response in an argument is to retreat. So I am uh, the person who will ignore you. If you piss me off, I'll just go quiet and I'll be like, I don't actually have time for this person anymore. Fuck so, you. But that's very interesting because you said that's also the response that will trigger you the most. So you reacting in a way that will trigger you the most. So you don't want the other person, the other party to ignore you because that's yeah. just not okay, <laughs> but yeah. you will do that. Yeah. Because I know that that's what hurts me the most. And if I'm upset and I want to hurt, I want to prove my point. I'm going to do it by thinking what's the worst way that I can fuck this guy up because he's hurt my feelings <laughs> and it's ignore them because that would hurt me the most. Interesting. It makes complete sense. You know, it's like similar to the love languages. Let's take it to a Yes. Process. You give when what my, you want. My, 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 exactly. So when my love language is, for example, um, it's physical touch and words of affirmation, you know, so that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to like mm. be very touchy feely and I'm going to like constantly speak life into you and into what you're doing and make sure you know how much I care about you and how much I believe in you. Um, However, that doesn't mean it's my partners or my friends or yours or my mother's or my brother's, you know, love language. So they may react differently to it. With my, with my conf confrontational style or mm. call it fighting style, whatever, I'm noticing I'm very aware of not screaming because I find like, so I'm not, I'm actually not bringing into what I'm feeling triggered the most, you know, I will, however, become the you're person more involved than I am because you're considering <laughs> their feelings where I am not. <laughs> I don't know if it's more evolved. I find screaming very inhumane and I'll be really like, I do not like when I do it. I think it's more, I don't think it's more evolved. I will look back later at it and I'm like, I can't believe you behaved this way. I can't mm. believe you said these things. I Very can't shameful. I will feel shame and I will feel guilt, you know. So on mm. top of it, of having a fight or a confrontation with someone I care about, I'm going to beat myself up. And like when I beat myself up, it's not, it's not like for an hour or a day, you know. That can be like months. Down the line. <laughs> like you're taking a shower and you're like, fuck, I'm so mean. <laughs> Why did I say that? And then I will come back. I will come back literally weeks or months later to you. And I will be like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And you're like, I don't you mean it. I promise oh. you, I, I didn't mean anything that I said. I was just upset. <laughs> you will be like, what are you even talking about? This has been months ago and it will still replay. If I'm in an argument, I am the kind of person who I never have like an immediate comeback. So if I were to scream, A, I would not be able to think of anything <laughs> good enough to scream. 
I'm the person who's taking a shower a week later and I'm like, fuck, I should have said that. That would have really got there. <laughs> so I have, I know it's not healthy, but I have a small level of respect for you for being able to like stand up for yourself in that way. Because even though I know the screaming is not good and saying hurtful things is not good. I feel maybe another part of why I retaliate is because I don't have the vocal maybe I'm not brave enough or I don't have the tools to actually express how I'm feeling at the moment or how you're making me feel. I need to walk away because it's too emotional for me to, to jump in right then and there. Yeah, but I understand that. Um, as I said, I do not, um, I do not go to screaming. <laughs> However, and we moved on with the conversation there. I can mm. be the person who will be the one who ignores you and walks away. Yeah. And like exactly for the same reason, like you said, because sometimes I just do not have the capacity to process it in that moment or to say what I want to say. So now I'm really just like, I need a moment and walk away. And yeah, never I to be now and leave. <laughs> I, so look, there probably are a lot of things we do that would be triggering for our partners that we are not trying to do maliciously. Like if I walked away, yes, I do know that in certain situations, it's going to be the most effective way to, for me to show that I'm not fucking pleased right now and I will ignore you. And that's like my form of punishing you for whatever. But often it's actually because I don't know how to process what's going on. And if that is triggering for you, I mean, I suppose maybe there needs to be a way to communicate that I'm not walking away because I'm trying to punish you. I'm walking away because I need a minute. Yeah. So the question is like, how do we find a way to address confrontation that is healthy on both sides? And like, that is not making the other person or the other party feel as bad, like worse than they already feel probably because you're in that confrontational situation already. So I assume neither of you feels good as it is. So how do we learn and how do we approach a healthy confrontation? Look, it's really, really difficult to do. Um, I, I had a friend who, um, her mom is like a bit of a narcissist and her mother's like number one way to make her feel like shit is to completely ignore her. Like she'll go to her mom and be like, I'm really upset about this. You know, you really hurt my feelings when you did it and try and communicate it in the best possible way. And her mom would like gaslight the shit of her and just be like, I didn't do anything. We can't talk about this now. You're too much. And, and ignore it. And then when they did see each other again, not even address it at all. Like pretend nothing happened. So even though they were not ignoring them, they were ignoring the situation and pretending like nothing ever happened. And we were very, very close friends. And I, when I'm upset, I do walk away and I would say to her, like, uh, you know, we're having a bit of an argument. Like I can't, I need a break. And mm. it would be so triggering for her. But for me, it's the only way that I know how to process without getting too emotional, which maybe I need to figure out why I am afraid of being too emotional in these situations, but she would be triggered. Even if I try to explain to her that like, it's not about you. I'm not like trying to punish you. I just like, I just need a minute. I just need like to take the day and like figure out how I feel about things. And then we can talk about it. And she would panic that like, I'm not going to actually address it ever again. And she'd be like, are you sure? Can I just let me know that you're okay. And I think the biggest way to 
that I learned in trying not to trigger her in that is to, to immediately like foresee that she would be upset and be like, listen, I know we're having a fight and it is really important to me. And I promise you that we are going to fucking resolve this. Like, I'm not going to leave it, but I, I'm going to have a breakdown if we talk about it any further now. Like I have to like, and then, and then give it a finite amount of time and be like, it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon by 7 PM. Like I promise you before the day is over, we will have this conversation. I just need some time. So I would say the best way, like we always say is just to be open with your communication as to like why you need the space and you acknowledge that it might hurt them, but it's really the only way that you can process things. And it's not fair because her only way of processing things was to be like immediately resolve the issue. So we had to fight about how it's, we were going to fight. <laughs> it's really hard. It's like, it's, I think it's two different attachment styles that come in and we are going to do a whole episode on the attachment styles, but yours, like yours is kind of the avoidant. I'm going to walk away from it. The hers is the anxious. So the more you walk yes. away, which I can really much relate to, like the more you walk away, the more, the more panic she will feel and the more she will mm. And the more she holds on to you, the more you like, you need to leave me the fuck alone. The more I want to run away. Yeah. It was a very, it was a, it was exactly that dynamic. And it was very difficult to regulate how to respect each other. Um, because, you know, as much as I'm aware that I'm, I have this like avoidance style, I don't know yet how to put myself in that situation when I don't feel comfortable. Mm. I don't know any other way than to actually walk away for a while. And there isn't anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, I just can't avoid it forever, which is, would be ideally what I would love to do. <laughs> is to just run away forever. Hi, Felicia. There's no problems here. How often are you actually in that situation? Like I'm trying to think like listening to you and um, thinking about the conversation we're having. How often are you actually in a confrontational situation nowadays? Um, not very often, but I will say that there are situations where they may not be intentionally confrontational, but there'll be something that like has hurt me that I need to address. Mm -hmm. And it's not whether I want to, it's not that I'm being faced with a confrontation, but I need to confront somebody or I need to be potentially creating conflict. And then I have to think very carefully of like, how am I going to address this? Like, mm. how am I going to, am I going to go my typical route of just not say anything and ignore it because I don't like conflict and I don't want to make a bigger deal of something than it already is. Yeah. Or am I going to be brave enough to actually stand up for myself? And then what does that look like? So it's not that I've actually been in conflict that recently, but there have been moments that I can think where I needed to say something, like I should be saying something in order to set my boundaries. Like a lot of what we've been talking about recently mm. has taught me things that are important to me to maintain like boundaries. And it's like, okay, now I'm at a point where I need to say something about this. So this is potentially conflict. How do I address it? So like basically addressing the issue before it becomes a bigger deal. Yeah. As someone who's 
very afraid of conflict. I don't have a lot of conflict in my life because I naturally will take the easiest route, which is often to neglect my own priorities in order to just keep everybody happy. So I don't have that much conflict, but I'm learning that I shouldn't be afraid of conflict if it means standing up for myself. So yes, maybe that will look like a fight. Um, and also I think to add to your list of like, what is the most triggering kind of responses in conflict or the triggering ways that people can upset you in a conversation, in a, in a fight, um, is to invalidate my feelings. Like if you tell me you're being ridiculous, like this isn't worth, and we've said this multiple times, but it is seriously an issue for me. Don't tell me I'm being too dramatic. Like, don't tell me like, okay, this isn't such a big deal. We'll talk about it later. Like, A, that is the avoiding. And it's also saying that something that's really upsetting to me isn't important enough for you to actually like sit down and discuss. Invalidating someone's Mm. feelings and emotions and priorities comes back to not being seen or heard. So just because you can't relate to it and it doesn't like, it's not, you know, like it's not a true emotion or feeling for you. That means I'm not allowed to feel that. So, which means it's all about like, I'm not being seen or heard in whatever relationship we are in. Exactly. It's like, I feel I have to now prove to you that this is something important enough to talk about. And it feels to me very personal. Like if you, and, and I forget that sometimes people may not understand how much things affect them because I maybe don't express it well enough, but I feel that I have to now, because I have to force you to think about something that's important to me, you probably don't love me as much as I think you love me. Because why are you not immediately knowing that this is like super serious? Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. So I jumped to that assumption immediately and I'm like, do you know what? You don't want to talk to me about my feelings. You don't care about me. Clearly I'm out. <laughs> and that is my initial response to being invalidated is avoidance. I don't want to fight with you to be loved. I can, I can completely relate to that as well. Like it's either like, so I have to make a bigger deal out of it so you can see it. And now it's really becoming a fight. Or as you said, you were like, okay, you're clearly not seeing me. You're clearly not hearing me. You're clearly not as in yeah involved as you pretend to be or as you said it is i love that you use the word pretend to be because that is literally what goes on in my mind i'm actually tearing but it's fucking i'm like this i have been tricked doesn't generally people don't go into some kind of relationship it's like i'm gonna trick this person into loving me and then i'm gonna <laughs> fuck them over and they run away I'm just going to pretend I'm like super into them and I'm super in love and I'm in this and then I'm going to fuck them over because it's also a waste of their time. Let's be honest. Yet it will go through my mind. It's like, you're pretending, you're tricking me, you're fucking me over. You know, I'm like, whoa. I love how we assume that they're such brilliant actors that they're just (laughs) capable of fooling them, fooling everybody into thinking that this is a serious relationship when actually they're just fucking around. Like it's just a joke for them. But I did see, I think it was actually like a TikTok that I saw that was like, it's actually really mean of us to assume that the people who give us their time and their energy and their love 
are lying. You're in a relationship and your partner assumes that's what you're doing. I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. I find myself sometimes in a situation having those thought processes and thought patterns. But bottom line is, and I mean, everyone, like, I think most people can identify that. And I know you and I very much can identify that. Bottom line, it comes down to our insecurities and we lacking the love for ourselves. The worthiness, yeah. So we don't trust that someone actually can love us that way these kind of thought patterns and these kind of insecurities very much actually show us where we lacking self-love and not where we lacking partner, our partner's love. Yes, our partners are very capable of loving just the way we feel that we are such big lovers that we're afraid yeah. to, to, you know, trust the wrong person because we will love them so much that it will hurt us inevitably. And yeah. I think it's kind of like imposter syndrome for for love like it's like i'm not qualified to deserve this love (laughs) that's that's exactly what it is it's an imposter syndrome for true respectful loyal honest sincere deep love that's exactly what it is if you think about it like how many people (laughs) (laughs) imposter syndrome for love yeah um so many people like when you have a really great relationship you always hear it described as like i don't know how i got so lucky like i don't know what i did to deserve this person but like i just lucked out with this partner who cares for me and does little things for me and respects me and treats me well it's like how did i how did how did i land this as if it's like this magical rare thing that you know maybe you actually deserve that <laughs> maybe you're not lucky you just it is exactly what you're entitled to yeah and let's stretch the maybe that is what you actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that i also don't like about on this imposter syndrome of love about myself is the way that i deal with conflict can often feel like I don't want to make a big deal of something because if I make a big deal about it, it isn't worth their time enough to resolve the issue. And they're Mm going to be like, this is too much work for me. I actually don't want to resolve this. (laughs) I would rather lose you than resolve this conflict. And I think maybe while I am avoidant and I do, it is because I do think it's the best way to kind of prove my point. A part of it could also be because I'm worried that there's an element where I will come to you and say, this is really upsetting me and I would really like to talk about this and fix it. And you'll say, it's not worth it. I can completely relate because it's been going through my mind as well. And it comes down again. It's not our partner's issues. This is our insecurities. Because to be honest, if our partner would say, listen, this is not worth it, then actually good riddance. My partner is not willing to work on on it with me this this relationship has different issues as it is you know confrontation can be very very difficult but i think what we have to do like in like we have to do with everything is trying to be as respectful as possible to the other party and also being at the same time as true as possible to yourself you know if you can still Mm -hmm. look in the mirror afterwards and say i'm okay with how i showed up in this confrontation, mm. what I said, how I reacted, how I articulated myself, I'm honestly okay with that. I think then that's what you can do. And that's all you can do. 
Yeah. When you, I, I like that. And I think it's really important to, like you said, even if you don't get the outcome that you want in conflict, um, if you have integrity behind how you behaved and how you dealt mm-hmm. with the issue, they, you know, sometimes you can't help hurting other conflicts is conflict for that reason. It's hurtful. It, it is going to have a negative effect in some way, but it can be productive. And if you are doing it respectfully, as respectfully as you can, I think that's, yeah, there will be little regret or shame around how you look back on it. Um, I'm just thinking now as well, when you are triggered, like if I'm, if I'm triggered by somebody ignoring me, do I, I mean, I've never done this before, but would it be wise to say to them, it really triggers me when you ignore me? (laughs) Can we not have that behavior anymore? think so it comes out to open communication you know Mm. i do think the more understanding we have of the people we interact with and the more we understand how they tick and what they feel and where they're at and where we at i think the more respectful and aware and accommodating we can interact with each other because maybe they don't notice, they don't realize that they're even ignoring us on purpose. They don't. Exactly. Just... And as I said, for me, for example, I'm like my biggest trigger and I thought everyone else's biggest trigger is to be screamed at. It wasn't, you know. So maybe mm. I ignore someone or retreat and I do not see how much that hurts them and how much it mm. really affects them because it doesn't have the same effect on me. So I'm not aware of it. Yeah. I think obviously in terms of conflict, the different types of conflict, the screaming is a very, very last resort option. You don't want to be screaming at anybody, but in terms of like avoiding them or maybe unintentionally invalidating their concerns or their issue or feelings, um, it's probably the most healthy thing that you can do, especially to evolve the relationship is to be like, when you do this, it makes me feel like you don't care about our relationship or you don't care about what's going on with me. And like, if we can try to not do that, maybe you didn't realize that it hurts me as much as it does, but it does. Mm-hmm. And it makes the, it makes the conflict so much worse. Exactly. And then hopefully the next time they don't do it again. And if they do do it again and they keep doing it, then they obviously know that this is something that hurts you and they want to hurt you. And there's a whole new issue to deal with there that that's exactly what i think it's like when you communicate it doesn't mean the change behavior immediately happens but if you have the same conversation over and over again and you or your counterpart does not take into consideration what has been calmly discussed before hmm. then it it comes down to a certain level of non-caring or disrespect or simply not being capable of changing that behavior and as you said then it's a whole different conversation and then you mm. might have to reevaluate if whatever the relationship you're in maybe your friendship might even be with a sibling or in a romantic relationship mm. is worse to to pursue the way you've been pursuing it or to keep on putting the time and effort in the way you have or maybe it's mm. easier to take a step back and realize this is just not an alignment. It's very interesting. My previous relationship, big one, 
his mom used to shut down and ignore him when he was upset with her and it would fucking drive him crazy. And I was an avoidant. So if we had a fight, I would go quiet and I'd be like, I can't have this thing now. And he would lose his mind. Mm. And I would be triggered by the fact that he's forcing me to talk about this thing that I cannot emotionally deal with right now. And it was a very crazy. I mean, obviously like that's, there's like very little compatibility in how we can resolve conflict. And because I never found out that he's so triggered by it until after our relationship, I thought he was just being a fucking asshole and like forcing me to do something that I didn't want to do because he's selfish, not because mm-hmm. it triggers him in such a hectic way. So yes, the communication is extremely important. And I think like, yeah, like we said, it's important to understand that other people's triggers, we may not notice, or we may not realize we we are triggering them. Yeah. That said, um, I do think conflict is quite important in any kind of relationship, because I do think it helps to gain a better understanding of who the other person is you are involved with. There is definitely such a thing as productive and healthy conflict, even anger, frustration. And I do think it's very, very, very important for any relationship to grow, to build a solid base and to be more authentic and truthful. Well, if you can, any conflict that I've had in a relationship, if we were able to successfully resolve it and get to a point where we've spoken about it and we've dealt with it and at the end we're giving each other hugs and we're saying we're so happy we had this conversation, mm. I feel more invested and more involved and, and I feel more loved after that. Imagine, for example, the what you just said with you and your ex-partner. Imagine at that stage you two would have had the capacity and the capability to have that conversation. Why, you know, why he needs to have it dissolved right away and why you can't and to be able to articulate that and say it out loud and straightforward and and have that, make that space for it. How much that could have changed the whole relationship and the understanding and the love for each other. Completely. A hundred percent. If we were able to, resolve those kinds of conflicts, the relationship would have been completely a different relationship. So it's not something that I even was aware of until very recently that this is, there's such a thing as a style or there's such a thing as like conflict triggers in conflict or attachment styles. I didn't know why people did things they did or why I did the things I did. It was just the only way we both knew how to deal with conflict because it was what we learned um so yeah so unfortunately that relationship could have been very different if we were both more aware of these things but we learn and the future relationships will i will have this information going in and being able to say like this is important to me i want to resolve it the best way i can every conflict should be approached with that attitude i want to resolve this in the most healthy and capable and authentic way and compassionate, compassionate yeah. ways. We are not in their emotions and their feelings and their memories in their patterns and mm. their programming. 
So I think the least we can do is trying to be as kind as possible. It's incredibly easy to, when you're in a point of conflict, only see things from your side and feel very much like you are the victim and something is being done to you without considering the other person. And I think compassion, like you said, is one of the most important things you can have to resolve any conflict as quickly as possible. Not necessarily quickly. It doesn't have to be quick, but it has to be resolved. <laughs> as always. Communication is always key. Communication. I think every day we should just open the episode and say, what's the problem today? The communication is the answer. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> if you have anything to add to what we said or have thoughts, please share them with us either on Instagram, we are at we are the wild hearted, or send us an email hey there at the wildhearted.net and check out our website thewildhearted.net. Thank you for listening to the Wild Hearted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, like, follow, and share, and visit our website at www.thewildhearted.net for blog posts and online resources on our offerings. Find us on Instagram at wearethewildhearted. Until then, keep your heart wild now and forever.